Well, hey guys, welcome to the weekend recap. We're excited to be able to hang out and talk as a small group today. And I want to start off just by introducing ourselves, who we are, but also talking about some quarantine hacks, some things that we're doing to stay sane in this time when we're all stuck in our homes. Um, and so my name is Landon Hargrove. I'm the youth and young adults pastor here. Uh, and one of my quarantine survival tips is simply to get outside to enjoy the weather. Um, I know that for me, my kids have been just, but my, my son, I got two kids, but my son has been running around the house like crazy driving my wife and I nuts during the day because he can't get out um, so what we've tried to do is to simply and since he can't be around friends is to go outside and just ride bikes ride scooters go walks around the neighborhood walks to the park things like that just to stay busy and to stay healthy and so I've been trying not to use quarantine as an excuse to uh, not stay fit and stay healthy and so we're doing our best to just go out and uh, do that so I am Sarah Hoppy. I'm the director of residence ministry. And Landon, you said you weren't going to steal my hat. I had it first. But, but, but you looked me in the eyes and said you weren't going to steal it. It's fine. Well, it's not the same. Exactly. It's, well, yeah, that's all right. And then you um, looked at me and I was afraid for both his years, life. And I don't even know what they are. I would say something that has helped us a ton is, is actually implementing some type of schedule. Um, and really, we've never been through a time where both my husband and I have worked from home primarily, um, and we have a two-year-old son, and so that just throws in a mix of like who's responsible for keeping this child alive right now, and <laughs> who's working, and you know, kind of the just that tension of like who gets to not have to do this right now. Um, so I think for us, just talking through it and saying like, hey, from this time to this time, I have this going on. Um, you know, what does your schedule look like today? And actually, like talking about it and writing it out instead of just getting in the moment and being frustrated that I need to be working right now and I can't. Um, so that right. has helped a ton and staying active. What do you do to stay active? What do you guys do? It's <laughs> a great question, Landon. Uh, we go outside, we ride bikes, <laughs> we take walks. I'm just kidding. We actually so do, we do a residence challenge um, for residence ministry and it has been awesome. Uh, I just post a song every week and then, yeah, we get that? exactly like that. All the people listening and he didn't catch the well. Ty's old. Landon's dance moves. But that has been super great just to stay active and um, come up with like a 30-second dance and post it. And, um, yeah, that's great. Anything you can do to, to stay active. And that's something you can do So inside. if I do a dance, can I hashtag res dance and, like, you be, can I be can. featured? Yes. Done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See me. I'm, I don't know what I disagreed to, <laughs> to be honest. That's awesome. I love it. I'm Ty. I'm the kids pastor here. What I'm doing to stay sane is sitting on the couch as much as possible with as much popcorn as I can and as much soda as I can. No, I'm just kidding. I had a moment, uh, it was in the first week where I, I just had a long day and was processing mentally just the effects that could potentially be because of COVID-19. And I was stressed out, but I looked at my three-year-old daughter who was not stressed out. And, and I know that this is affecting everybody differently, and I and I am very sensitive to that. But it's not affecting my child because she is walking around with the same joy. Things are normal. She has a mom and dad who love her, and and so actually, I've just tried to put myself in her shoes a little bit and just enjoy life. Like we have lives to live, so I am going to enjoy it as much as I can. Uh, a few just quick things that I've been doing is trying to stay disciplined in a routine. Um, getting up, even if, even if you have lost your job, keep getting up, get out of bed, make your bed, develop a morning routine, go on a walk, exercise, eat right, 
read and write, just stay, stay sharp physically and stay sharp mentally. And I think that is relatable for anybody listening, no matter what age, no matter what demographic, no matter if you have a family or don't have a family, you have kids or don't have kids, stay sharp. Keep yourself in a routine, no matter what your day looks like. You you actually have the power to create it, and right. and stay stay healthy. Keep doing the things that will keep you healthy. That's good. So good, and you all did steal all of my ideas, but <laughs> I'll just come up with a new one really quick. Uh, my name is Hannah, and I am the Growth Track and Prayer Director here. And yeah, I totally think staying on a schedule is really important. I feel like the first few days, it was just like free for all. Anything could happen at any time of the day. Um, And now I think we've kind of hit a groove and kind of gotten into like, okay, we get up at this time and we get everything done by this time and then the kids can go play. Um, But yeah, I think that that's super important. We aren't at the point yet where we're like getting a volleyball, sticking our handprint on it and naming it Wilson, but um, it's (laughs) crossed my mind. (laughs) I mean, it's a great movie to teach us how to quarantine. Um, But yeah, I think that there's so many great ideas. I think though, for me, what I'm trying to do, I've realized how quickly I can get stuff done when I work at home. And like, even my kids are getting school done by like noon every day. And so I'm trying to slow down and like not do everything quite as fast. And so I'm cooking dinner and taking a long time to do that because I have a long time to entertain a lot of hours to fill right now. And so I think just slowing down, um, even with the kids, letting them like ask the questions and, and letting the question take 12 minutes to ask this small question and (laughs) like just slowing down and trying to enjoy the extra time that we have. But I think that staying on a schedule is probably whether you're single or married or have kids or don't. um, I think it's probably the most important thing is to like make yourself get up. Um, Craig Rochelle was talking about it's not that you need to be dressed in order to be an effective leader, but you need to be dressed in order to remind yourself that you're an effective leader. So I thought that was really good. That's awesome. Well, Pastor, oh, go ahead. Can I interrupt? I forgot. There was one more that I think is the other side of the coin that we didn't really touch on is staying connected to friends. Um, mm. I think we took it for granted, yeah. being able to just see people whenever you want. You can go to movies, you can go to dinner. Um, and it's forced me to just pick up the phone and call people, call my friends. And and I know you've you've probably heard about it, but that Marco Polo app, here's what I love about it is is you can see facial expressions. You can see, you can almost see emotion through the phone where a text message or sometimes a phone call can't give you. So, so just going the extra mile to stay connected to friends is keeping me healthy. That's true. I see Marco Polo of you all the time and your hair never looks this good. So (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how to respond to that. Just kidding. I'm sorry. The filters on Marco Polo are horrendous. Oh, they're They're, they're terrible. But the voice effects, the voice effects is where it's at. that no. movie star filter, though, I mean, <laughs> black and white just makes it. It is the greatest. <laughs> Speaking of the greatest, I love Pastor Jonathan and his message this Sunday for Palm Sunday was so powerful, uh, talking about Jesus saves. And I love how he, he gave so much scripture around it. He went to Matthew 21, talking about Hosanna, Hosanna. Uh, he went to Mark uh, chapter five. He went to Luke chapter seven. He just went all throughout it, talking about Zacchaeus' story, the one with the issue of blood, and over and over again, talking about this faith that saves us, this, this man, this savior. Um, and for me, you know, when I was thinking about just all the moments of the message, what really stuck out to me was the, the Hosanna. Savior, save us now. 
save us now because that is the cultural moment that we are in. We are in this this mess, this place of chaos, this place of anxiety. And it's like, that's really what, what our cry is as a church. It's like, God, save us from this this disease that's going so rampant across our country that's that's killing people, that's hurting people, that people are losing jobs because of it, shutting down the economy. I mean, it's, it's this moment that I think is uh, so powerful just to be able to shout out as a church right now, Hosanna, like Hosanna, like Jesus, save us now, deliver us from this mess. Uh, and to me, that was one of the most powerful things uh, of the whole message was just that moment where I realized like, this is what we need. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What was yours? Yeah. So good. I think the, um, the verse from Luke 19, um, mm. I think it's Luke nineteen ten that, um, the son of man has come to, to save the lost. Yeah. Um, and that, Really, the whole whole sermon on um, the word saved and mm-hmm. Jesus saves. I've grown up in the church. I've grown around, up around, you know, are you saved? Yeah. Um, meaning, are you saved from going to hell, <laughs> right? Like, are, is your salvation secure? Um, but really what this message stirred in my heart and in my home and in our watch party um, was remembering how Jesus has saved us, yeah. you know, not just from ourselves, not just from sin. Right not just from that separation from God, um, but really looking back at our, our lives and saying, yeah, Jesus stepped in. Jesus saved me from that situation. Jesus right. saved me from that brokenness and that loneliness. Um, and even physically, I've had multiple times when I should have been in a car accident. I should have been like not here. And I am. And that's because of Jesus. And that's because so his nature is the nature of a savior. Wow. And the nature of a savior isn't just once right he saves us again and again and again and honestly like that just I mean like I was just I felt like I was in this bubble of peace the whole you know the whole weekend and and yesterday really but just thinking about everything that's going on right now um but we have a savior who saves Mm -hmm. and who is actively saving yeah yeah Mm -hmm. wow I love that I think I think the message was so simple and so clear that you can't miss it in, in a time in society that like, we need complex answers, actually. Medical professionals, uh, the business world, like we need real complex answers. Yeah. Um, yet the kingdom of God is being preached most effectively through the same simple message of the cross. Yeah. And that's what he gave this weekend. That's what Pastor Jonathan gave was the message of the cross that Jesus saves. Yeah. And that's what I took away. I think... I think the details of the message, I have I have a whole page of notes that I took of things that impacted me. But most of all, I walked away thinking like, for the rest of our lives and anybody listening, could we just keep it that simple? That yeah. Jesus saves. And this mm-hmm. is what it's all about. This is what the whole thing is about. This is why we're on the earth right now. Yeah. And no matter what comes our way in the next few weeks or months, actually we can face it because Jesus saves. And, and whether we're in an economic upturn or downturn or what, yeah. whether there's famine or whether there's sword or whatever it is, what, whatever we're facing as a nation, the fact that Jesus is our Savior. Um, and if he can stay our focal point, I think that that is the strongest thing that we can possibly latch our lives onto is, is faith in Christ alone. And so yeah. thank you, Pastor Jonathan, for keeping it simple, keeping it authentic and keeping it relatable to every individual in, every, in any demographic yeah. in the world. I love the mm-hmm. power and the simplicity. Even you mentioned the story of Zacchaeus in, in Luke 19. And I love 
the simplicity just of that message. <clears throat> Jesus came to seek and save the lost, not the perfect people, not the righteous, not the people that put have everything put together exactly right, but the broken people just like us. Yeah. You know, the people that have fallen into sin, the people that have gotten into a mess, the people that have made mistakes, the people that have a past. And I love that he, you know, in the story of Zacchaeus, he's, you know, Zacchaeus is this, this notorious sinner, right? And he wants to see Jesus and he can't see him. And so he climbs this tree to get a better look at this guy named Jesus who's coming through. And having never met before, Jesus looks up in that tree and says, Zacchaeus, come down from here. I love that because it's so powerful to me. Like he knew he's Jesus. He's the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end. He knew this guy was a sinner, right? It's not a surprise to him, yeah. Yeah. but he calls us by our, our name, not by our sin. And I think that's so powerful. That's just the simplicity of Jesus. Mm-hmm. He knows everything about us. He knows everything we've ever done, yet he calls us by our name, yeah. not by our sin. And it's just so powerful. I think there's so much power in simplicity. Mm-hmm. So wow. good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so good. I love like the simple message and what you're talking about, how Jesus knew that he was a sinner. Yeah. And one of my favorite stories in the Bible that was mentioned this weekend is um, the woman who washes Jesus's feet and and, yeah. and dries it with her hair. And that story just like it gets to me because it talks about how the people of the house that Jesus was at, they were good people, you know, but the way like their view was different than Jesus's view. And they thought, does he even know this woman? Like she was assumed to be a prostitute. And it was like, does if he was really God, he would know that like he would know their past. Yeah. But she's sitting there pouring out the perfume that she actually used to go to work. You know, and like uh, between wow. her and yeah. God, like it was this moment, this private moment that was unspoken words that she was like, no, not only am I going to wash your feet and I'm going to give my life to you, but I'm going to commit by not like I'm not going to go sell this and make money. I'm not going to go use it. I'm not going to keep the temptation. I'm going to pour it out on your feet. And between her and Jesus, that was a really real moment. Yeah. And one of my mentors, they she found Jesus in the in a stairwell in college at like three in the morning. Um, And just that's where she met Jesus. And when Pastor Jonathan talked about meeting, like really having that moment with Jesus Mm -hmm. on the basketball court, it just reminded me like how beautiful that is. Like the way that we can find Jesus through people and through the Bible and all of that, but to have that real moment where Jesus shows up and, and communicates with us in a way that we can understand in a setting that we're comfortable with, like playing basketball. And those are the places that he meets us. Yeah. And then when we pour out our perfume, he doesn't he doesn't judge. We don't have to explain anything. But in our heart and with him, it's like a really real and deeper moment than any bystander could ever understand. Wow. But it, those are the moments that really impact us. And like that's where salvation just grabs us, you know. So good. It's my favorite story in the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> I love Pastor Jonathan talking about getting saved on a basketball court. Yeah. I think it's so powerful because I, I just think that Jesus meets us right where we're at in the moment that we need him most. And so uh, I think we should just take a couple minutes and just talk about our salvation stories. I think it's important for us to look back and remember what Jesus saved us from, wh- where, where that mo- when that moment was, and to be able to reflect on that moment when we really chose Jesus. And so let's take a, a few minutes and talk about that. For me, I was 17 years old. I was a junior in high school, and it wasn't a, a church setting. It wasn't something where I went to anywhere. It was just I came home. Uh, it was late for curfew, but went upstairs, and I grabbed my mom's Bible, and I didn't know why, but I just had this this impression, this feeling, this gut feeling. I needed to read it. Went to the only verse I really knew, which was Jeremiah 29, 11. I opened it up. I read the verse, and I turned to the front cover, and I remember just, like, scribbling on the front cover with this pen. Just like, Jesus, I give you my life. Like, mm-hmm. I wanted to follow you. I don't want my parents' faith. I don't want my grandpa's faith. Like, I want I want to put my faith in you. And I took a dollar bill and I, 
I duct taped it to the cover and in God we trust. And I'm like, I'm going to trust you, Jesus. Like I was, <laughs> you know, and it was this moment where I remember everything changed for me. I mean, I couldn't do the things I used to do. I had been partying. I had a fake ID. I'd been making terrible choices and terrible choices and friends. And all of a sudden I was trying to do those same things, but now I had conviction and I couldn't do what I used to do anymore. And, and this, this, this shift started to happen in my life. And everything just began to change. And I got plugged into a great church community uh, months later, which was Rez. Um, and my entire life changed. I got called mm-hmm. to ministry and everything shifted because of Jesus. And so I just look back and just think, man, Jesus saved me from so much, from so much pain, from so, from so many times where I should have been arrested or I could have, you know, <laughs> I could have died like tons of times when Jesus just saved me. Like you said, just, there's times where I really shouldn't have been alive and Jesus saved me. Yeah. So I love that. Wow. You know, what I love about your story, and I'm sure about what we're about to hear from everyone else here, too, is that um, Jesus's goal in saving us isn't just for when we die. Yeah. Yeah. It's for this very moment. It's for having that relationship with us continually. Yeah. Um, And that's that's why I love Jesus. Uh, But for me, the foundation of, um, you know, faith and of of Jesus and God was laid really early. I grew up in a Christian home and um, the earliest time I can remember was I I was probably about four or five and I was on a hike with my dad um, and we were visiting my grandparents in Albuquerque. And so we were we were hiking and we always have like I just have like these like just moments with the Lord when I'm hiking. Um. But I'm like, you know, four or five, and I don't remember if my dad was talking to me about Jesus or what was going on. But all I remember is we're walking along, and I said, Dad, you mean if I just invite Jesus into my heart, he just packs up all his stuff and he moves right in? And my dad was like, yeah. (laughs) And I was like, okay. And in that moment, I was like, Jesus, come live in my heart. And, you know, as a child, like, it brings, it almost brings me to tears right now thinking about that because I always want to have that childlike faith of like, yeah. Jesus, just come and live in my heart and move wow. in and get comfortable because I don't want you to go anywhere. Um, but really that became real for me as I, uh, you know, got older and began to experience more things. But I remember being at a youth camp, um, in middle school, maybe right before high school. Um, I think right before my freshman year of high school and we were in the middle of worship and it was the first time that I was just overcome with the presence of God wow. and, um, you know, moved to tears and I wasn't even able to sing the words just because the presence was so thick. And I'm looking around thinking like, am I crazy? Because nobody else is crying. <laughs> like what is happening to me? Um, but I, that is so like I could, I feel like that was yesterday and I can remember it so clearly um, of just, just the Holy Spirit just meeting me there um, and the presence of God being so real to me. Um, and that has gotten me through so much, just knowing like that that was my moment of like, Sarah, I'm real. And wow. yes, I've lived in your heart since you invited me in, but like I'm real and I'm going to walk through all of these, all of these things with you. Um, so yeah. That's so God powerful. Is good. I love that. Let's go youth camp. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's yeah, amazing. that's why I love youth. Sign and your kids up for youth camp. About that. <laughs> Sign them up for youth camp. I, uh, there's actually something so special about just hearing people's stories of how they met Christ. It it keeps me grounded at a at a really healthy level of who He is and and why He does what He does. I remember realizing that every miracle, every you know, if He heals somebody of blindness in the Bible or if or if blindness was healed today. Every miracle, every testimony, every single thing he does is actually just just leading 
to relationship with him. And, and I think as I've realized that, it's made these moments more powerful. Like, I really appreciate your stories. And I was 19 years old when I, when I came back to Christ. I actually grew up in the church and grew up with a relationship with God, but walked away from him. And like you, Landon, just kind of spent a number of years partying and, and making, making poor decisions and, and things that just kind of took me away from, from him. Uh, but I was 19 years old and I had dropped out of community college. That's, that's the education that I have. So shout out Portland community college. I hope you know, whatever. All right. <laughs> I'm going to move on from that. But I dropped out of community college, if you can believe that, and uh, was 19 years old working full time at a welding shop, not doing well. And, and I was making bad decisions every single day of my life. And um, one day I was at work and, and I, was, I was not in a good mental state, if you can understand what I'm saying. I was, I was not sober. I just wasn't sober. I was just be honest. I wasn't sober and I was working and I had never, I've, I don't think I'd ever heard the voice of God. Um, I don't think I had ever had any like real encounter. Um, I remember being, being like, like touched by God, uh, as a kid, but I don't know that I had a, any real, real encounter. But when I was 19 at this shop, I, I was just not doing well, um, and I looked over, and and I saw, if you can believe this, I saw, and I think it was just with my mind's eye, um, I saw a picture of myself standing there looking at me, and, mm. and I was strung out on drugs, and, and I looked like I was just dying, and, um, and it terrified me, you guys, and, and that is how my life was going, and, and I heard Jesus whispered to me in that moment, hey, you can keep doing what you're doing or you can come and follow me. Wow. And in that moment, I just decided I'm following you, God. Like, so good. You know, and then it was just a series of in incremental small steps towards him after that. But wow. that was the moment that my life changed. That's amazing. I love that, how God meets us right where we are. Um, I grew up in church. I think I got saved like probably 49 times by the time I was five. <laughs> um, I just loved Jesus and um, went to camp and mission trips and did all the things. But um, until I was 15 and life life kind of hit me when I was 15, um, I went through a situation and I have no really no fault of my own. I was a victim of a crime. And I remember being in my room at 15 and being like, I knew a lot of the Bible um, but I hadn't really been in a moment in my life yet that I like understood the depths of life and of um, of loss and of pain and and I just started to reach out to God and like stand on some of the the things that I knew in the Bible and I just started to test the things that I learned when I was in Sunday school um, and God was so faithful to meet me in those moments and really counsel me through um, I probably should have gone to counseling <laughs> that. While I was 15, um, later in life, I went and worked out a lot of stuff and, um, and, and am free from those things now. But, um, but God was so good. And one of his names is Wonderful Counselor. And that is what he is. Like, he walks us through. He leads us through. Yeah. Um, his, that still small voice guides us. It warns us. Um, it, it shows us things 
God, God leads us with his kindness. You know, it's not, it's not the bad things we get so bad that we feel so bad about ourselves that we turn to Jesus. I rarely hear that that's people's stories. It's God's kindness that will yeah. show us a picture yeah. of ourselves um, in a moment that we can see it. And, and out of his love and kindness for us, he ravishes right. and captures our heart. So good. And so that was really, I guess, my story of finding salvation was really just pounding it out on my own with the Lord and um, kind of testing in my own yeah. Um, way and he was okay with that and he was gentle and kind with that um yeah so that was kind of my story and just how you talked about earlier john 10 10 god came that we can have abundant life it's not just so we go to heaven at the end it's so like the richness of relationship which we're learning so much right now about being in isolation like we miss relationship and that connection feeds us Um, but to remember that that's what it is with jesus too and i think that we can live in isolation even when we're not in, in quarantine, you know, um, we can live in isolation apart from God, even being saved. And I think that it's something that we need to keep an eye on yeah. as believers. Like we don't, that connection can never be broken. It can yeah. never be taken away from us. Um, and just to not let it be an isolated relationship because God died for, or Jesus died for so much more yeah. than that. So good. Hey, yeah. thank you guys so much for being vulnerable and sharing your stories and uh, man, it's just so encouraging. And I hope this this uh, weekend recap encouraged all of you that are watching and will encourage some good discussion with your small groups. We're going to pray together as a group, and I'd encourage you guys to do the same. Have a great rest of your week, and we'll see you for Easter.